Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, December 9th. Coming up, one Kansas City artist has come back home after living in New York for 25 years. It was just so expensive to live in New York, and we realized that if we moved to Kansas City, we could just drastically downsize and have a much simpler, less expensive life. (laughs) Plus, what's it called when more than 100 trombone players gather to play holiday music? Not tuba, but trombone Christmas. Trombone players were feeling just a little bit left out. (laughs) We'll hear more about the annual concert at Union Station. But first, some headlines. Recreational marijuana is legal in Missouri after a new constitutional amendment took effect yesterday. KCUR's Zach Perez reports. Under Amendment 3, which Missouri voters passed last month, residents 21 and older are allowed to possess up to three ounces of marijuana without a medical card. But the sale of recreational weed won't start immediately, however, as medical marijuana dispensaries must still convert their licenses. Megan Daniels, a manager at OG Smoke Shop on Main Street, says she's excited about the opportunities for Missourians unable to obtain medical cards. People are going to be able to get the help that they need without having to go through the huge expensive process of getting the medical card. and It's a lot of money and getting that medical card can be near impossible. The Missouri Department of Health estimates that residents could begin purchasing recreational marijuana as early as February. The American Civil Liberties Union is challenging the new congressional redistricting map in Kansas by appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service reports. The Kansas Supreme Court earlier this year upheld the map that shifts some Democratic and racially diverse communities into Republican-leaning districts. The ACLU of Kansas argues the court should have struck down the map for violating equal protection laws. Christopher Gunn, a voting law expert, says the state ruling determined too few people were affected for race to be a factor. He says that may not pass muster in federal court. Our federal Supreme Court jurisprudence on this issue tends toward the notion that it it doesn't matter how many people are being affected. The state has until the end of December to respond before the high court will consider taking up the case. An oil spill in north-central Kansas has prompted the emergency shutdown of a major international pipeline. Celia Yopis-Jepson of the Kansas News Service has more. The Keystone Pipeline spill happened Wednesday night in Washington County, just south of Nebraska. Residents woke up the next morning to the smell of gas. The Canadian company that operates the pipeline hasn't said how much oil spilled or how far it traveled downstream. TC Energy says it shut down the pipeline when the leak caused alarms to go off and that it's working to clean up the spill. Oil prices spiked nationwide because of the shutdown. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. 
Tuba Christmas has been around since 1974. So trombone Christmas, for slide trombone players, is still catching up. The first one took place in 2010 in Anaheim, California. Now there are more than a dozen of the holiday brass concerts around the country, including one in Kansas City. Organizers Will Biggs and Frank Perez spoke to Brooke Knoll of our sister station, Classical KC. The sound of brass instruments is almost as common during the holidays as carolers. Will, why do you think that is? You know, I think a big part of it is kind of rooted in like the Salvation Army bands because a lot of uh, brass bands back in the day would go out and try and drum up support for the cause of the Salvation Army. And I think that just has kind of gotten to be ingrained in our brain as one of those sounds that you're going to hear around the holiday times. Frank, how did you and Will come to lead trombone Christmas? Trombone players were feeling just a little bit left out. (laughs) We have a parent organization named Bones West out in California, in Anaheim, California, that was started by bass trombonist George Roberts, otherwise known as Mr. Bass Trombone. George Roberts played with the Nelson Riddle Band and Sinatra, and he started a trombone choir that was very inclusive of elementary, middle school, high school, college age students and professionals. He wanted to promote the trombone and um, share his love of the trombone with anyone who would listen and obviously encourage the young players to think about careers in music. So Trombone Christmas was started by Bones West uh, several years ago. And six years ago, I looked at Will and I said, Will, I think it's time that we have a trombone Christmas here in Kansas City. What do you think? At that time, there were only seven trombone Christmas locations around the around the country. And we approached Union Station to help us with a venue and uh, help us figure out how to get kids and parents and older trombone players registered. About 150 trombone players that very first year. And we filled up the hall there in Union Station. Frank, Trombone Christmas happens in the beautiful and cavernous Grand Plaza, the largest space inside Union Station. Those acoustics must be amazing, but perhaps a little challenging. How do you coordinate all the musicians in that space? So one of the things that we did was carefully place the different sections or the different parts, part one, part two, part three, four and five, so that they would coordinate musically and support each other. The next thing we found out is that we needed to have a second conductor or two about partway down the rows of the ensemble so they can mirror uh, what the head conductor was conducting and keep the ensemble. And then the last thing we did is we advised the students and community members and professionals that the further they were back from the main podium, that they had to anticipate and be early. And so everybody with their excitement focused and they were able to 
adjust their listening to make sure that we all maintain together. And occasionally there's a blip or two, but we have a rehearsal uh, right before our event so we can get some of those little nuances and challenges addressed before we present the concert for the audience. was Frank Perez and Will Biggs of Trombone Christmas Kansas City, speaking with Classical KC's Brooke Knoll. This year's event takes place Saturday afternoon at 2.30, outdoors at Union Station's Haverty Family Yards. Anderson was a successful working artist in New York, and she had solo exhibitions of her large-scale abstract paintings around the country. But after 25 years of painting in cramped studio spaces, she's back home in Kansas City with a bigger studio, and she's making new work. KCUR's Julie Denache reports. Let's see. It's a chilly morning in the West Bottoms at the Wholesome Building. It's an old industrial food processing warehouse that's been converted into workspaces for artists. Kai Anderson steps up to a table covered by jars of acrylic paint. Her nearest neighbor is a woodworker, so there's a near constant whir of metal on wood. I mix my paint out of medium and pigment so I can get just exactly the right color and thickness. But the paint settles throughout the night. It gets thicker on the bottom, so I come in and mix it up. I use my my cappuccino frother <laughs> to mix up my paints. <laughs> Anderson's white-walled studio is massive. She has several large paintings in progress and work tables covered by smaller paintings. Throughout the day, she moves from project to project, adding thin washes of blue, green, orange, and yellow. Now I've painted enough on this, so it's all wet. So I usually put it to side and let it dry for a while so that then I can put other transparent layers on top of it. But I always have these stacks of works in progress that are just like uh, endless. <laughs> endless works in progress. Anderson grew up in a family of artists, and she studied at the Kansas City Art Institute. But shortly after graduating, she moved to New York City. A whole bunch of my friends had moved out to New York, and so I drove out to visit, and I just totally fell in love. So I drove back and got my things and moved to New York <laughs> in 96. And I stayed living there for 25 years. Anderson settled in Brooklyn, where she had access to a thriving arts community. She married a successful commercial photographer, and she had a studio within walking distance of her apartment. Anderson says, there was always a plan to come back to Kansas City, eventually, but things changed in 2020. And as soon as that pandemic hit, I feel like my mind was just completely erased of all things conceptual. And so it was a very weird feeling. It was the first time in my life as an artist where I was just wiped clean. I could still go to my studio. We all walked around with little spray bottles of bleach and bleaching everything and masking and all this stuff. So people were still working in, in my building, but we were all avoiding each other. For Anderson and her husband, it seemed like the right time to make a move. It was just so expensive to live in New York. And we realized that if we moved to Kansas City, we could just drastically downsize and have a much simpler, less expensive life. <laughs> 
Anderson says she still misses her friends back in New York. But now she has the space she needs to create. For my artwork, it's been great because I went from a very expensive 400 square feet studio to a 2,500 square foot studio here in Kansas City. So I just have space to develop new ideas and I don't have to constantly play Tetris in my studio. I can work on many big paintings at the same time. You know, I didn't quite realize how much I needed it, how much my artwork was really ready for a big space. In between paintings, Anderson is back at a work table, mixing paint again. Sometimes when I mix up a new color, it needs to sit for a while before it really, really acts right. Mostly, Anderson says she's glad to belong to a community of artists again. Kansas City is great. It's such a, I don't know, it's a really feels good here. It's a great sized city. It's just so comfortable and I really like it. Yeah, it's nice to be back. And for Anderson, Kansas City also feels like home. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Julie Denishe. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Brooke's story about Trombone Christmas and Julie's story about Kai Anderson, visit kcur.org, where you can find more coverage of the arts and other local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.